I know this takes a little bit of get used to. Obviously, the first service is not going to be the easiest. But I remind you, we started at five for a purpose. Not because we're in a hurry. Because this is, this is our time together. And, and I, I don't, I don't want to be in a hurry when we've come together to be together. I don't want to be in a hurry for that. And uh, I believe there are things that God is going to do and say over the months that's going to be tremendously beneficial for us. I will tell you this. I am, uh, I am predicting. I, I don't know that I'm comfortable saying prophesy, but if what I feel in my spirit really is God, I'm going to be surprised if we're able to be have our Antioch United Celebration Service in this auditorium before the end is out of this year. Before the end of this year is out. I'm going to be surprised. I'm going to be surprised if we don't have to go someplace else for this service because we won't be able to fit everybody here. I'm going to be surprised. I, I believe with all of my heart that that's going to happen. Praise God. I, I, I'd like to preach to you for a little while, I, not teach. Uh, to teach this subject would take days, weeks, months. And uh, I have a message. I don't have a lesson. So tonight uh, I'm going to have to proclaim rather than explain. Praise God. I, I opened a bottle of water over there. If you could bring it over for me, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. A couple of months ago, I was up praying early. And the Lord spoke this into my spirit. And I knew that this message was for this service tonight. I knew it. And so, if you will allow me, uh, beginning with verse 11 of Romans chapter 8, and I can't really see who's on the computer. I'm going to test you to your limit tonight to keep up. I have all the scriptures in my notes, and so I'll be able to read from my notes. And so, God bless you to try to keep on the screen what I'm reading. Praise God. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Abba is the translation of the Hebrew word for father, and the English word father is the translation of the Greek word for father. We have, for we have received the spirit of bond, we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Father, Father, whether Jew or Greek, 
we're one in Christ. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may may be also glorified together. God bless you. You may be seated. I don't normally give titles, but I'm giving a title tonight. Heirs of Abraham's Promise. And there's parts of this that I have taught and preached over the years, but but this is a different perspective, and it's something you need to understand. Except for just a few of us in this room uh, who have Jewish uh, blood, a Jewish bloodline or a Hebrew bloodline, the rest of us are Gentiles. The rest of us are Gentiles. And from a strictly biblical perspective, that is a miracle of unprecedented proportions. That we who are Gentiles can be children of the living God. Praise God. In fact, there is terminology in the Bible for Gentiles. That strictly, whenever you see the scripture refer to those that are afar off, they're referring to Gentiles. Because the he uh, Abraham chose to obey God. Abraham left all of his family in Ur of the Chaldees and went out to a new place, him and his children. And because Abraham chose God, God chose Abraham. And all of Abraham's natural offspring received the promises and the fulfillment of the promises that God made to Abraham because Abraham chose God, God chose Abraham. And those that were outside of the lineage of Abraham did not have any right, legally or spiritually, to the promises That God had made to Abraham. That's why there were only two races of people in the Bible. In the Bible, there's only two races of people. Jew and Gentile. You say, well look around here brother, right? There's a whole lot more races than that. I'm talking about the Bible. Not your culture. Not this world. I'm talking about God's world. In God's world, there's only two races, Jew and Gentile. And almost all of us in this room are Gentiles. How did we get here? And what does that mean? And what does that mean for the future, your future, and God's future through us? What does that mean? To understand that, we're going to need to read some verses that some of you have heard before, heard me teach from or preach from before. But in Genesis chapter 12, beginning with verse 1, is the first time that God made promise to Abraham after Abraham obeyed his call to leave his country and leave his relatives and come out from a multi-God environment to serve the one true living God so that he would cut off all influence from these people from himself and his progeny. 
And so the scripture says this. Genesis 12 verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. God didn't tell him, give him a destination he could identify on a Google map app so he could find directions to get there. God said to Abraham, like he says to us most days, you get moving and I'll direct you. If you're not going to move until I give you a destination, then you're not getting direction. You can't steer a ship that's tied up to the pier. Verse 2, and I will make of thee, because you have obeyed me, I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. From the first time where God blessed a man, for because he was a follower, a man who chose God from, from among the faults of this world, he chose the true God, which is very different in the history of man between, the history between man and God before that. Man started out knowing the true and went to the false. But this is the first time that someone who was a part of the false, that knew only the false, left the false to come to the true. And so God says, this is what I'm going to do for you. And this establishes a principle for all of those who come to God and receive His blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. You know, church didn't do anything for me tonight. I don't know what that preacher was talking about. You know, the singing was just off tonight. I didn't get anything out of that. After a while, that might be understandable in the beginning, but after a while, uh, biblically, we have a right to question where you really are. Because those who are saved that begin to truly walk with God, they, they understand that if you've been blessed, you've been blessed to become a blessing. And let me tell you something. People that don't get involved in what God's doing because of, of God getting involved in their life, they eventually walk away from what they do have. Because you can't just stay saved trying to stay saved. Doesn't work like that. Two people can get married and they may love each other to some degree. But if nothing happens between them that produces offspring, when each one of those die, that relationship is eternally dead. But I'm going to tell you something. I love this lady more than any other being in existence except Jesus. But sitting right here is two memorials to our love. And sitting over here, there's seven more memorials to our love. And if the Lord tarries very long, there's going to be more memorials because there are grandchildren that know their ma- their grandmother and grandfather loved each other. And then there are going to be great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren that are all going to know who their grandparents and great-grandparents' name is and know there was somebody that loved each other 
Because we're not just passing blood down the line. We're passing a heritage of love down the line. We didn't just biologically produce offspring. We're trying to pass values, vision, faith, purpose. Most of all, and the truth about who God is down to each generation. That's what God said. And so he said to Abraham, I, 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 uh, I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. Well, what kind of blessing? Or what, what, what are you talking about here, Lord? Verse 3, And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee. That is coming to pass more than you can imagine. And then finally he said to Abraham, In thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. I got a question. In whatever degree of knowledge you have of the history of the church of the living God in the last 2,000 years, is, has there ever been a time in history where someone who's a part of every family anywhere in the world has had a personal, intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Not even remotely so. We know the story. Abraham and, and Sarah, when they were 190, he was 100 and she was 90 years old miraculously birthed a child. His name was Isaac. He was the promised child. I don't know what exact age he was. I've read some scholars say he was 12. Some say he was 22, somewhere in there. But God one day said, I want you to bring that boy to the top of Mount Moriah and I want you to sacrifice him for me. Let me tell you what that means. Now, okay, you know, in this culture today, uh, I, you know, that's a little hard to explain, isn't it? Because God said, I want you to bring that child, put him on an altar, and kill him to me. Oh, oh, that's horrible. It didn't happen. He just had to be willing. It wasn't the death of the child. God didn't want Isaac to die. God wanted Abraham to prove that God was more important than Isaac. In other words... God wanted Abraham to prove that he he hadn't stopped worshiping the God who provided the blessing and started worshiping the blessing that God provided. A lot of people do that. There was an awesome family that was in this church for years. They'd gone 10 years without a baby. There was a prophet of God came by, prophesied they were going to have a child after they'd been married 10 years with no offspring. That child was born a beautiful boy. But after that child was born, something happened. And that family began to devote everything to the child. What they used to give to God, they gave to that child. They began to make decisions for the good of that child. Not for what the Word of God said. Not for what was best spiritually for that child. But they made humanistic, natural decisions. What was for the best of that child. They're not in the church today as neither is the child because they turned the blessing of God into the God that they worshiped. They left the God who provided the blessing and began to worship the blessing. 
So God said to Abraham, offer him. He did. But the Lord provided a, a substitute, a sacrifice. But in response to that in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 15, this is what the Bible says, and this is very specific language. He says, And the angel of the Lord called unto Abram out of heaven the, the what? The second time. When was the first time? Genesis 12. I read that to you. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And listen, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. Notice this, verse 16, and it said, by myself have I sworn. It's one thing when God gives a promise. All promises are conditional. God says, if you will, I will. If you will, I will. That's a promise. Promises are all conditional. But this is different. The Lord said, I am swearing to you against my own deity that if I don't do this, I'm not God. You know what that did? It took all the condition out of it. The only question is, who is going to believe the promise and the oath and receive the promise and the oath's fulfillment? Who's going to do that? That's all the question is. Because when God swore by himself he guaranteed it was going to happen what did he guarantee he said to Abraham that in blessing I'm going to bless thee and in multiplying we've used that word this evening I will multiply thy seed I'll give you a spiritual seed as the stars of the heaven and a natural seed as the sands which are upon the seashore and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. You know, there's a verse kind of like that in there. It's in Matthew chapter 16, verses 18 and 19, where Jesus uh, spoke of the church for the first time ever in the Bible. The first time ever in the Bible, Jesus spoke of the church in Matthew and chapter 16, verse 18. He said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against thee. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. This is the same promise that God made to Abraham and to his offspring. And that is, they would possess the gate of his enemies. You can't possess gates you haven't defeated. And God promised in Matthew 16, 18, that the church would defeat the gates of hell. 
In, in Genesis 12, the Lord said, In thee shall every family on earth be blessed. And in Genesis 22 and verse 18, And in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed. Now get this please. He swore with an oath that this was going to happen or he wasn't God. What does that mean? It means neither one of those things has happened yet. And there's no place in history. There's no place in recorded history or any kind of history where any event of, of such an a, a worldwide magnitude has taken place spiritually where the church was in such a place of manifestation and demonstration in the earth that every nation and every family in every nation was going to be affected by the blessing of Abraham. Now, Either you and I are wasting our time because God's not even God because he swore against his deity and he's failed, which means he's not God. Or what he has said is going to come to pass. Oh, Jesus. If I were to be a jealous sort, I would be jealous of everybody sitting in this room under the age of 30. I would be so jealous of you. Because here at 70, I'm more of a coach on the sideline than a player on the field. And God has made this promise. And it is coming to pass. I don't care how impossible it looks to you. I don't care how unrealistic it sounds to you. I don't care what your opinion of it is. God has promised it. He has sworn with, with an oath. And it's coming to pass. Every family on earth is going to be blessed with the blessing of Abraham. Every nation on earth is going to be blessed with the blessing of Abraham. Oh, Brother Wright, what does that mean? God going to bless them so they eat and they're healthy or whatever? No, no, no. The Bible always interprets itself. Your opinion and my opinion of what the Bible means is totally irrelevant and irresponsible. You let the Bible interpret itself. So to do so, we go to Galatians chapter 3, beginning with verse 6. Let's let the Word of God define all of that to us. Even as Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. You haven't got it yet, but you're going to get it. I don't care what your birth certificate says. I don't care whether you know your daddy or your mama. I don't care if you know who they are. I don't care if you have the best relationship in the world with them or don't even know what their name is or never even laid eyes on them before. All of that is totally irrelevant because when you were, when you repented of your sins and you were baptized in water and the family name of heaven and earth, Lord Jesus Christ was called over you in the waters of baptism and you were filled with the divine nature of the Spirit of God in the baptism of the Holy Ghost you got a new mama you got a new daddy you got a new heritage you got a new inheritance
Know ye therefore that they which are of faith are the same of the children of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying in thee shall all nations be blessed. That's the gospel? Oh yeah, yeah. Because God always calls the end of the thing before the beginning. Paul, the same writer of Galatians, wrote first, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, I believe it is. And he said the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Peter on the day of Pentecost preached, repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The death, burial, and resurrection of, uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ is the provision of the gospel. Acts 2.38 is the application of the gospel. Then what gospel did God preach to Abraham in the beginning? He preached to him the end of the gospel. The fulfillment of the gospel. The result of the gospel. And what was and is the result of the gospel? In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be our faith are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Now, you ready? Here it is. Galatians 3.14. My God. Galatians 3.14. That the blessing of Abraham. Remember, in thee shall every family on earth be blessed. You've been saying you're blessed to be a blessing. And in, in thy seed, every, every nation on earth shall be blessed. And then the Lord joined those two together in Galatians chapter 3 and verse uh, uh, 8. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel of Abraham, under saying, In thee, which is the way he put it in Galatians, in Genesis 12, shall all nations be blessed, which is the way he put it in Genesis 22. He took the in thee from chapter 12 of Genesis all nations be blessed from Genesis 22. Put them together and show that all of that combined is the result of the gospel. You hear that noise? You hear that noise? That's the rustling. It's our rustling around in our, in our carpenter shop. Where we've been working in anonymity for many years. Where like the son of God before us. Who though he were a son yet learned he obedience through the things which he suffered. While he worked with his, his stepfather Joseph before he died. And then con continued to support the family. His mother and his brothers and sisters. And uh, by the carpenter shop till he was 30 he worked in anonymity. He was he he lived and worked in Nazareth, and after he was revealed to be the Christ, Nazareth couldn't accept him because there was not one hint in thirty years that he was the Christ. He operated in total anonymity. But there came a day when the Spirit of the Lord spoke to the Son of God and said, "It's done." And he locked that carpenter shop door for the last time. And he went down to the Jordan River and got baptized. And the world changed that day. It took just a little while for the world to catch up.
with just how much it had changed that day. But oh, my friend, by the time all of that was over with, when his disciples walked into a city, they said, these be the men that turned the world upside down. If you want anonymity, you better find someplace else to go to church. Because all the true churches are coming out of their closet one day, real soon. Galatians 3.14 again. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. What is that blessing of Abraham? That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. What did God promise Abraham in Genesis 12? That through Abraham, his seed, and his offspring, every family on earth would have someone receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's not all. And through, he swore with an oath that through Abraham's seed, every nation on earth would receive an out Pouring of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. I, 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 I say this with all kindness. I mean this as kind as I know how. The Bible says that Abraham rejected be- becoming the Pharaoh of Egypt, even though he was the adopted son of Pharaoh's daughter, because he endured as seeing him who was invisible. He saw something that others didn't see. It caused him to make decisions that they couldn't understand. Hear me, please. Hear me. I declare to you this night... This church is never going to be the same again from this day. It may take a few hours, a few days, a few weeks, maybe a couple of months before it's fully manifested or begins to be truly manifested to the degree that you're going to say, you know, the bishop was right that night. It is, it's not going to happen. It has already happened. In the spirit, it has already happened. And you sit here with the opportunity to make the choice to believe and be a part of that. Or be dismissed from the playing field and relegated to the stands as nothing but spectators. Because it's no longer an issue if God can find somebody to believe this, He can do it through. He has obligated Himself. He has limited Himself. He has bound Himself that if the people He's willing and trying to do it through won't believe it and let Him do it through them, He will have to, He'll have to raise up the the rocks. Give them a voice. Because He's sworn with an oath. I love you. 
And I don't take any offense that some of you are sitting here and you're sure I've lost my mind and that I'm, you know, I must be getting senile. I'm a lot of things, but I'm not senile. I'm a lot of things, but senile and my brain and my spirit being anything but sharp and in tune with Jesus, it's, it's not that. I'm, I'm not that. I am in tune with the Lord and you hear me this is what God is saying to you he is offering it to Antioch whoever's going to be a part of that Antioch that's going to see it come to pass that's the only question here I don't mean that I'm not being not being hard or harsh I look at these young men I look at them I, I went to Baltimore a couple of Sunday nights ago I shocked them really good I said I, I, I said you know what I can't hardly stand to come here. Pause. You should have seen the looks. Jaws down on chest. And then I explain. Because I come here and I feel the hand of God on so many people in this room. There's enough people in this room right here that there's going to be out of this, just this group there's going to be 20 to 25 Sunday morning services in Baltimore and four to five Sunday night congregations in Baltimore just out of this group. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to tell you something. You hear me right now, okay? <laughs> you receive it or don't receive it, that's your business. I'm just telling you what God said up there. It doesn't apply to you if you don't want it to apply to you. I pointed this man first. I said, you live on the street? He looked at me like I was crazy. No, I don't live on the street. So you live someplace where there's a roof? Yeah. Well, is there only room there for your wife and you and your wife and your kids? No. Oh, so there's room in your house to preach to five or ten. Yeah. What are you waiting on? If you're waiting on us to give you a, pu- a pulpit, you're not waiting on us. We're waiting on you. Well, I'm not a part of the leadership. It's a free country. We're not a cult. It's your house. You want to preach to people in your house? Your business. Now, if you want those people to be a part of Antioch, then... You're going to have to let us know you're doing that. You got some folks, but you know what? You get five people prayed to in your house that's not a part of your family and not people you recruited out of this church just so you could preach to somebody. And let me tell you what we're going to be forced to do. We're going to have to, we're going to, have to recognize and acknowledge something's going on in your house. Yeah. Something's happening in your house. Well, Brother Wright, isn't that going to produce chaos? It all depends on how you describe it. Could it produce an explosion? Oh, yeah. You know what? They don't ever give me a place here. You don't live up here. You got a place, don't you? If there's anybody here on the street, I don't know it. We'd like to... Try to help you. We, we love you. We don't want you to be on the street. But if you're not on the street, 
You got a house. This is the United States, free country. You want to preach to people in your house? Well, I'm not sure that's decently in order. Oh, trust me, Jesus and a couple of us here are more than capable of working on the order. The bottom line is, lost going to hell. And if you think this world's going to be reached from any pulpit, you don't know anything about the Bible. We're not here tonight to preach to the world. We're here tonight to preach to the church. Because it's not the preacher in the pulpit that reaches the world. It's the church that reaches the world. <laughs> oh, boy, that made some folks uncomfortable. Too bad. What's the problem? It takes away a bunch of excuses, doesn't it? Well, they won't give me a chance there. <laughs> You got some place to live? You got any fire shut up in your bones? You got any word that's just burning to come out? Not to run the church, but to reach the lost? That the blessing, Genesis, Galatians 3.14, that the, woo, it's quiet in here right now. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men. Though it be but a command's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth it or addeth unto. That confirmation I'll read to you in just a minute is the oath God made. The oath was given for confirmation. Now to verse 16. Listen now. Now to Abraham. And his seed were the promises made. He saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one. And to thy seed, which is Christ. Oh, but let's keep reading in Galatians 3.26. Galatians 3.26. For ye are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek or Gentile. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I got an inheritance. And I've lived long enough without that inheritance. And I'm ready to start claiming the inheritance. That in blessing I'm going to bless thee. And I'm going to multiply. In multiplying I'm going to multiply thee. And I'm going to multiply thy seed like the stars of the heaven. And the sands upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemy. And in thy seed shall every nation on earth be blessed. That's my inheritance. I don't know about you, 
But that's my inheritance because I'm in Christ. And since I'm in Christ, I am Christ's seed. And whoever is Christ's seed is Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Uh, it's really easy to find out if you believe that. All I'd have to do is spend a few minutes praying with you each morning, and I'd know immediately if you believed you were heirs of Abraham's promise. That's all. It wouldn't take much of anything. Why? Why? Because those that are heirs of Abraham's promise, they pray something along this line. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe according to the working of His mighty power which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but in also in that which is to come and had put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. You say, preacher, you've lost your mind. You know what? I may have lost my mind, but I haven't lost my soul. It's, that's lunacy. Call it what you will. I believe it. And that's your problem, see? There's no middle ground here. You either believe it or you don't believe it. You can't say you believe it and then not act on it. Because faith is demonstrated by action. No action, no faith. That's James chapter 1. James chapter 2. No action, no faith. You can't say you believe it and there be no action. I preached in Baltimore. How do you pray? Do you pray like victims? Poor little old victimized Christians. The world is against us. Boo hoo hoo hoo. The world doesn't like us. We got to sneak in the building and sneak out so nobody would recognize where we were because they may, they may say some bad stuff about us. Boo hoo hoo. Let me tell you something right now. I am not gloating over this, but it's fact. This whole thing is going to crumble down. And it's going to be a lot sooner than you think. Because we are in such a... This whole nation is built on a house of cards. You think the next president's going to be less of a dictator than this one? This president has used executive order, used executive power, and bypassed the Congress and the courts five, six, seven, eight times more than any president in history. And Congress hadn't called him on it. And the Supreme Court hadn't called it on him. And he's going out of office. But you think the next one is going to do that less? 
It's already been proven that the American people are going to let a president bypass the process the Constitution requires and didn't not say a word. This isn't about a political party. I would care what, call them what you want to. Most all of them are socialists anyway. Just some of them admit it. That's not the problem. I'm not here preaching politics. I don't care about their politics. I don't think it matters one bit who gets elected. I read an article today where there are several senators that's made that statement. Oh, I know who it was. Ryan Paul made the statement. It doesn't matter what party the next president's uh, uh, uh a part of because the presidents don't run this country. It's all run from behind the scenes. And if you don't believe that, you got your head in a ten foot deep hole of sand. Because it doesn't matter what's said on the campaign trail. That's not what done, what's done when they get in office. It doesn't matter what a party they're a part of, because they get in office and find out they can't do it that way. This had just been going on. It hadn't mattered in the last 20, 25 years what party people have been a part of. Why? Because this world, things are, things are gonna wrap up here. They're gonna wrap up here. And if you're planning on just sitting here and retiring and everything continuing like it's always been, you can forget it because it's not. And I'm not a doomsday preacher. I'm an heir of Abraham. I got a promise and I'm believing that promise. I am a part of a body whose head is already sitting on the throne of the universe, ruling over the universe. And my head is already over every principality, every power, every might, every dominion, every name that is named. He's, he's put all things under the feet of the church. I don't want to run the government. I can care less about the government. This isn't about running the government. I want to see the lost saved because eternity and hell is worse than anything any human being can describe. I don't want to see anybody lost. It's not a part of, doesn't matter what, what church you're a part of. I don't care what the name is outside. It's the truth that's preached. It's what you believe. That's what matters. So what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? You can just keep coming and saying, don't mess with me, preacher. I'll come and I'll be here and I'll say, man, I'll give, I'll give whatever I got to give to be a part. But don't, don't mess with my life. Don't mess with my life. Really? There's one big problem here. That big problem is there's an oath. Hebrews 6.13 says this. Hebrews 6.13 For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife or debate. 
wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enter into that within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. That's the importance of this oath. The only question is, are you going to believe God who swore by himself and be a part of what he's sworn to do? Are you going to be a spectator on the outside looking in? Are you going to be an heir and lack like it? Or are you not going to be an heir? Brother Tavar says, you know, people say Antioch's weird. They call his church weird now. If weird means that we are totally unsatisfied just walking in a building and going through the motions of a religious ritual and, and punching our ticket and, and we've, we've completed another service, we've paid our dues, we've fulfilled our obligation, then color us weird because we are not that, we are not ever going to be that. There are promises. And there's an oath. I'm going to close with this one. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 39. Hebrews 11:39. These are the last two verses that conclude what's called the, the chapter of the heroes of faith. Hebrews 11 is a... It's a listing, an itemizing of heroes of faith throughout the scripture. Sometimes just by name, sometimes by name and what they did. And sometimes just general groupings of what people did. And then it sums it up this way. And these all, everybody in the first 38 verses of Hebrews 11. These all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Because they were all Old Testament believers. God having provided some better thing for us. That they without us should not should be made perfect. The word perfect there means complete. Brought to fruition. They received the promise. God spoke the promise to them. He's going to fulfill it to us. He's not given us a new promise. They believed the promise and died believing the promise even though they hadn't seen it come to pass. We have to believe their promise because God's not given us a new one. But we're going to be the ones He's going to do it through. So that together, those that receive the promise and those that see that are the conduits for the fulfillment of the promise need each other so that only God gets the glory. How do you pray? Do you pray like somebody that's a part of the body that all things have been put under your feet? Do you pray victim prayers? Oh God, I hurt. I got this. Fix this. Don't change that. I don't like this, God.
Let me tell you something. I got some things that's going on in my body for a while now. I'm not going to itemize it. Just stuff. None of it's life-threatening, but it's very inconvenient. I haven't asked God one time to heal him. You know why that's the case? Oh, Jesus. You know why that's the case? Because I don't care whether he heals it or not. There's nothing wrong with my body. I can't go to heaven with it just like this. I want to pray prayers that affect eternity. I don't want to pray prayers that affect only the temporal. I want to pray prayers that affect eternity. (laughs) I looked across the table from a man just the other day. Was a preacher in this church years ago. Been in and out, up and down, doing whatever. The Lord spoke to me about a week and a half ago to contact him. Tell him I'd like to talk to him. He responded. We got together. Oh, Jesus. I looked at him across the table. I said, how you sleeping these days? He said, not very good. I don't get much sleep. I said, I wonder why that doesn't surprise me. And I whipped out my my app that's got my Holy Ghost hit list on it. That's a list of about 40 people whose the hand of God is on their life that are not letting the Lord use them for His purpose and His plan. And I pray for them every day. Lord, I don't care what you got to do. Whatever you've got to do. That's right, Sister Nerea. Your husband's on that list. Your ex-husband is on that list. And God's on his life. I pray all kind of things that might be shocking to you. The Lord can't violate anybody's will. But he doesn't have to let equipment work. You're kidding me. Oh no. He doesn't have to let drugs get you high. He doesn't have to let alcohol get you drunk. He can't stop you from drinking it. But he can't prevent it from it having any impact on you. You pray that, brother, right? Nah, not more than two or three times a day. Most days. Some days it's more. The Bible says he gives his beloved sleep. I remind him of that. Lord, these people have been your children. They're not living like your children right now. And your hand is on their life. And you have predetermined there are souls that they specifically are supposed to talk to to help give them a chance to not go to hell. But they're selfishly living their way. Lord, what about all these souls that you predetermined they're the ones supposed to talk to them? I don't think it's right all these people are going to go to hell because they don't feel like giving their life to God. So therefore, you don't have to let them sleep one wink all night. 
And if they do go to sleep, I'm, I'm asking you to let your angels and your spirit visit them and give them dreams and visions. You pray like that? Nah, nah, I won't even tell you how I pray. That's mild. Are you, what's wrong with you? Nothing's wrong with me. I'm a part of a body whose head is already sitting on the throne of the universe that already has dominion over ever, all power and might and dominion and every name that is named. And who, he's already, already put all things under the feet of the church. And he's already the head of all things to the church. I just choose to act like I believe it. Oh, Brother Wright, if the Lord would just heal me, I do. No, you won't. If you won't do it like you are right now, you're not going to do it if you get better. If you're not going to give yourself and give give yourself to this promise in the situation you're in right now, if He fixed your situation, you wouldn't do it. I'm not trying to be unkind, but I'm going to tell you what I told the church Wednesday night in West Palm Beach. I'm not here for you. I'm here for all those people that are lost and going to hell and doesn't even know what's wrong with them. I'm here pleading their case. I don't care if mountains move when I speak. I don't care if trees get rooted up. He used those as illustrations. If I got faith as a grain of mustard seed, I can say to those things that are opposing people getting saved, move, let them go. Loose them now in Jesus' name. Well, I don't know if it's working. I see people here tonight that are here because myself and others have been praying like that. Some that's sitting here tonight hadn't been here in weeks, months, years. But they're sitting here tonight. Some of them don't even know why they're sitting here. I'm telling you why you're here. Because the Lord is on your trail. He loves you. He not only wants to save you, He wants to use you. Oh, Brother Wright. I've messed up so bad. There's no hope for me. I just am trying to be saved somehow, but there's nothing God can do through. Oh, so the blood is limited. He can't forgive whatever you've done. Oh, I admit it may take some grace of God for some folks here to forgive what you've done, but it doesn't, it's no strain on God to forgive what you've done. My God is, a, is not only a forgiver, He's a restorer. And here's my concern. Some of you precious, wonderful, sweet people are going to sit here. And you've been here faithfully. But some of those have been out there messing up, messed up, just blowing it to kingdom come. Some of them even been in jail. are going to be restored to the salvation they used to have. And when they come back, 
They're going to come back with a vengeance to put a hurting on the devil for all they've done. And they're going to pass some of you like you're sitting still. And that's not their fault. And it's not God's fault. It's your choice. I look at these young men. I look at these young men. I look at these young ladies. I look at all these young folks. Well, you know, I, I got to make a living. I got to decide on a career path. I got to do blah, blah, blah. You just seek the kingdom of God. He'll open every door you need open. You give yourself to the kingdom of God, to doing the will of God, seeking the kingdom of God. He'll open the doors you want, and there'll be better doors than you could open for yourself. But it was said earlier, it was said earlier, I guess it was actually this morning. Oh, I know. Some of you got gray hair. Some of you have no hair. Yeah. Well, you know, I've put my time in. I've done my part. It's now for somebody else's time. Let me tell you what. I love you. And you were here. And you helped us get to where we are all those years ago. You helped us advance. But if God's done with you, there should be a marker in a graveyard someplace. Because if you're breathing, excuse the vernacular, He ain't done with you yet. Look at this. We've gotten out a lot of times after 8.10. And I'm essentially finished. But the bottom line is, what are we going to do with this? Here we go, Antioch. We're a multiplied ministry. What does that mean? There is no excuse for saying you don't have a place. There's no excuse for saying you don't have a part. There, you, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. You will sit back and wait for somebody to give you a place. Let me tell you what, faith and vision and burden and passion will find a way. Faith will make a way. Vision will make a way. Passion will make a way. Yes, it will. I love this man so much. When he first came to work here, Brother Gomez didn't tell me he didn't speak any English. He didn't speak any English at all. And in our first meeting, I didn't know he didn't speak English. I'm just sitting there talking. He didn't have a clue what I'm talking about. And he was a good actor. Somehow he knew to rock, I guess listening to my voice inflection, he, in my facial expression, he knew when to nod. Didn't have a clue. Had been in this country for years, hadn't bothered to learn any English. Came full time on this staff, started working for God, full time here. I go places, he's my interpreter now. He didn't tell you. 
But in the last, what, three years, four years, preachers? In the last three, three years, three plus years, he, his church, has brought about ten men to the district board and all of them have gotten licensed. It's not just preachers getting saved. He's got the spirit of Antioch, which is the multiply ministry. He's got that vision. He's got it. That's the will of God. How old were you when you came here? When you came here, how old were you? Forty-three. He was 43 when he first came to Antioch. 43. Not 23. Not 33. He was already 43. And the Lord took his life, turned it upside down, made it, and then made it upside right. Take it, took his life and has used it mightily. I got a question. Is God a respecter of persons? This man standing back here. That green suit, a little bit darker than my eyes, and that yellow and green tie. Been around this church for years. Struggle with stuff, struggle with stuff, struggle with stuff. And the our blessed, loving, sweet, kind father beat the snot out of him. Am I telling the truth? I didn't do it. God did it. God did it. And guess what? On Sunday morning, June the 5th, I'm going to be in Severin installing him as the new elder of the Severin congregation. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't all get fixed and straightened out overnight. The question isn't isn't uh, if it's going to happen. The question is when is it going to happen? When are you going to let it happen? It may not happen on your time schedule, but if you'll be faithful to God, it will happen. God's got a place for you. God's got a plan for you. Why? Because you are... An heir of Abraham and his promises. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I loose upon this church the faith, the boldness, and the spirit to pray and speak in prayer like children of Abraham. Who believe they are heirs of the promise. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I loose on you. The authority. The power. The might. The wisdom. To speak wherever you are. To whomever God brings in your path. For there to be offspring. To Abraham. And to his seed. The Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, receive it right now.
Receive it right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. I want you to reach over and pray for somebody nearby you here. We're in this together. We're not in this by ourselves. Come on, let's just pray one for another. The Bible says for us to pray one for another. The Bible says for us to bear one another's burdens. We're in this thing together. We're in this together. We're not in this alone. We're in this together. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here we are, Father. Take us. Use us for your glory. Take us and use us for your glory, Father. Fulfill your promises through us. Fulfill your vow, your oath through us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, God's trying to do something. Come on, there's some folks here that need the Holy Ghost right now. There's some other folks here that need to be re-baptized, refilled with the Holy Ghost right now. Come on. Come on, God's doing something right now. In the name of Jesus. 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 We're in this together. We're in this together. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on, pray for the person nearby you. Come on, let the Holy Ghost use you. We're in this together. We're in this together. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. Come on. Regardless of what condition your body's in. Regardless of what your financial situation is. Come on. Regardless of what your husband or your wife is doing. Regardless of what your mother or father is doing. Regardless of what your children are doing. What are you going to do? Are you going to be a part? Are you going to be a part? Come on. Come on. There's some people praying right now that need the Holy Ghost. Come on. There's some people praying right now that need to be refilled. Right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, find somebody to pray for, guys. Come on, find somebody to pray for. Come on, let's pray one for another. Come on, minister to people. Come on, let the Holy Ghost use you right now. You don't have to know what that person's need is to let the Spirit pray through you for them.
In the name of Jesus. 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 Come on. Come on, young men. Come on, young ladies. Come on. Come on, give yourself to the plan, the purpose, the promises of God. Come on, let you, let the Lord make you a, a vessel, an instrument, a conduit for His glory, for His kingdom, for His name, for His will. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. 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 Come on. If God brought you to Antioch from someplace else, it's for a reason. It's not to sit. It's to be a part. God didn't bring you to Antioch to sit. He brought you to Antioch to be a part. He's got a place for you. Jesus has a place for you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Tie kalarata tata tie kalarata tata haya. Tie tie kalarata tata haya. Robokura tata 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 haya. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. 